flip this track again, y'all. Welcome in to another edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. We are in the Mile High Sports Studio about 1 a.m. because the Nuggets just had one of their most miraculous wins of the year again. We're saying this one game after what was their most impressive win literally two days ago. Mm-hmm. But man, this Nuggets team is rolling. I am your host, TJ McBride. I am at TJ McBride NBA on Twitter. You can find my work at MileHighSports.com. And to my right, as it has been usually, is Brendan Vogt. What up, man? TJ, dude, I am riding high after that game, after that week of Nuggets basketball, man. That was about as fun as it gets. This is chaos. I, I, I love chaos because it always makes things more interesting and more fun. But this is another level of chaos. Insanity, dude. And one thing I love is just watching the narrative surrounding this Nuggets team just just fly all yeah, over the place from forth, game to game. Right? It's incredible. It Dis- really is. Disclaimer, by the way, friends at home, it's going to be a long season if we try to have our take, our finished take on the Nuggets after each game. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs in this season. But TJ, man, this week, mostly ups, dude, even with the two losses. Well, let's talk about these last four games because the Nuggets have played the Celtics and then the Spurs on a back-to-back, then the Thunder and the Warriors. They lose by one point to the Celtics after a shot does not go in at the buzzer, which was a Will Barton t- uh, three-pointer. The Nuggets then lose to the Spurs on a last-second shot, which Will Barton also missed. But then they beat the Thunder by three points on a Gary Harris just ridiculous three-pointer with 1.5 seconds left. Alpha pass from Nikola Jokic. And now the Nuggets win 150. 108 to the Warriors tonight. What that means is that over a four-game stretch against the Celtics, Spurs, Thunders, and Warriors, the Nuggets outscored their opponents in total 457 to 449. The Nuggets just outplayed to four of the best teams in all of basketball. And this is what makes this season, this team, so enigmatic. TJ, when they play the best teams in the world, they play like one of the best teams in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, and of course, obviously, as we know, sometimes against these maybe lesser teams, if you're willing to call them that, the Suns, the Hawks, whatever, they've lost focus. They've lost some games, and it's been really frustrating. You've seen it in the fans. You've seen it in Malone in these post games. But look, man, the, the fact of the matter is, is that when this Nuggets team is playing their best, they can play with anybody. Will Barton said it today in the locker room after the game, and I agree with him, dude. And I think it's it's hard to argue that. I just wrote an article about how the Nuggets are realizing how great they really can be. It's up on Mile High Sports right now. Definitely go check it out. Good plug. And Oh, dude, I, I will plug myself. I got no worries <laughs> with this. But let's just get into this game because okay. this was amazing. I think there's one thing we need to start with in particular. This was the biggest home crowd that the Nuggets or the Avalanche have ever had. The Pepsi Center was as full as it's ever been with 2,103 fans. Sorry. 20,103 fans in the Pepsi Center tonight to watch this game. And it game. felt like at least half of them were Nuggets fans. I would say 50-50 yeah. is a good way to put it. I will say this, though. When the Warriors get going, Warriors fans may have been slightly louder than the Nuggets fans. There were a lot of Let's Go Warrior chants tonight. Although, TJ, worth worth pointing out, as Matt Moore did on Twitter, they were Let's Go Warrior chants, not Warriors. So you know that they are not real Warriors fans. No. These are just dejected and re- and now at this point rejected Nuggets <laughs> fans who don't need to be there anymore because this Nuggets team is building the case for itself to be one of the most fun teams to watch and one of the toughest places to play in all of the, in all of the NBA. And I, that's what I think that this this crowd number speaks to. A, obviously how well the Warriors travel, the best show on the road, the best show on earth right now, but also B, the the momentum this Nuggets team is gain, gaining. I mean, they're 
one of the more fun teams to watch, and it seems like this city's finally starting to catch on. It was really, really cool, man, in back-to-back games, their biggest games of the season, their best performances of the season, the biggest finishes, and it was against two of the best teams. So, yeah, really encouraging stuff. I think there's a lot of momentum behind this team. Keep showing out, fans. Keep showing out. Absolutely. So the Nuggets have now shown that they can beat the Portland Trailblazers and the Dallas Mavericks in close games, barely lose to the Spurs and the Celtics, and then pull off two miraculous wins against the Thunder and the Warriors. That means they are five and five and two in their last seven games and have closed out games in the clutch multiple times now. How surprised are you or are you surprised at all? Well, I'm a little surprised, TJ. I think in the third quarter of this game, when when the Warriors were up, I think it was 12 points. I thought for sure this one was toast. The last time the Warriors were in the Pepsi Center, it was a close game in the first half. The third quarter is when the Warriors pulled away. Yeah, These they are had a 47 point quarter when they were at full strength <sighs> last time in the third quarter. And in terms of point differential per quarter, these are the two best third quarter teams in the league. So. You know, Denver I, is second. Denver is second, yes. So, yeah, I was a little surprised, TJ. I mean, in the third quarter, I thought for sure they were going to lose this game. But look, that that's this Nuggets team, like, in a nutshell. When they're playing the best teams, they're going to be in it right till the end. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Absolutely. So let's just get into this game. I think it's time now. So what really kind of ended up being a big part of this was that the Golden State Warriors played last night. Was it the Magic they played? Yeah. I don't remember. I, I'm delirious right now, so pardon my complete you frank. You talking. I'll look it up, buddy. But they did not get in to Denver until 4 a.m. last night. Yeah. So they did not have shoot-around this morning, being that it was a back-to-back, so they were never going to have shoot-around, and they didn't start warming up until late. Kevin Durant didn't start warming up until about 45 minutes before game time. Right. So this team came in exhausted, tired, and it wasn't just that they were physically tired from the back-to-back. They were at a point where mentally they just seemed drained, and we were talking with a couple of the Warriors writers, Anthony Slater, who's incredible at what he does, Mark Medina, and they were really saying that this team is just ready for the playoffs. They just are not dealing with the regular season well right now, and they look exhausted, and they're just crawling to the all-star break. Yeah, it was the Kings that they played last night. They won, and Anthony pointed out... why the, I confuse the Magic and the Kings so much for how much I cover this league and watch the Yeah, NBA. you it's should ridiculous. know, buddy. You do have NBA in your Twitter handle. That's not um, good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Anthony pointed out today, he actually thought the Warriors played better in this game than that game in Sacramento that they won. Um, yeah, dude, the, the, this team was exhausted as well, and and that's been well documented that they've been sort of limping into the All-Star break. I will say I have very little to no sympathy for the Golden State Warriors. Absolutely no sympathy. And Michael yeah. Malone even said that in his, in his post-game press conference. He was like, yeah, they got here at 4 a.m., but I don't care about that excuse because we've done that before ourselves. Yeah. It's very, very true at that point. It's hard to feel bad for a team with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, this was, look, tale of two teams, right? A- after the win, the Nuggets locker room was ecstatic. They, there was a lot of relief it was tangible the Warriors locker room from what I'm told they really could care less this game did not mean to the Warriors what it meant to the Nuggets so I think the most important part of this game was the start because it really embodied the entire Nuggets uh, thought process throughout this game so Jamal Murray within the first like minute and a half of the game takes a knee from Steph Curry into his right thigh he immediately he tried to play on it and then got subbed out and went back into the locker room and came back out and seemed like he was all right he checked back in was not moving very well at all right thankfully that bruise or whatever happened to his right thigh which will probably be labeled as a right thigh contusion in the next couple days he 
finally started getting it loose and had to sit on the stationary bike and just bike whenever he wasn't in to keep that leg warm and to keep it loose so he can continue to play. But his grit, his determination, his passion, his just undying need to win basketball games is really what was the overall embodiment of what this Nuggets team was because like everything was against Jamal Murray and how he should be playing. And for some reason, he was dunking layups that he could just lay the ball in, but it just wasn't in him to just let things go the easy way and that the entire Nuggets team took on that philosophy and that just the, the drive and determination of that and that's what I think we saw tonight was just this embodiment of pure passion and adrenaline yeah in a lot of ways Jamal Murray young Jamal Murray is turning out to be the leader of this team it looks like I agree with that man yeah Mike Malone said of both Will Barton and Jamal Murray that they've been way better as vocal leaders of late and yeah you're right man I think Murray does galvanize this team with his play I think they do respond to his grit and his toughness so he exits the the, the game early goes back into the locker room comes back to the bench around the six minute mark I don't think he checks back into the game until there's like three minutes left in the quarter which means the Nuggets spent most of the first quarter with Emmanuel Moutier in there yeah that could have been disastrous I know that you were somewhat more complimentary of his game I think thought that the Nuggets offense fell to pieces with him out there and if it wasn't for timely shooting from Trey Lyles and guys like that off the bench there's no way the Nuggets stay above water they dodged bullets because the Warriors were not hitting open threes and that Trey Lyles was able to keep this team above water while Will Barton also was just scorching to start this game without that all of a sudden, Emmanuel Moutier looks like the reason this Nuggets team collapsed in that first half. That's fair, and we saw a lot of classic Moutier plays. It was so bad, man. I was just... sitting next to Adam Mata's and Matt Moore and Harrison Wynn, and we just kept looking at each other like, what on earth is Moutier doing? I know, man. And these drives to the rim where there's no game plan and he just chucks it up or tries a pass at the last second and turns it over, it's maddening. But the Nuggets, for all of that, were only trailing 32-29 to 29 after the first quarter, which was a little bit surprising because the Splash Brothers dude were on fire. They were. And given that Murray was out of the game, it felt to me early on, despite the score being close, like the Nuggets were hanging on for dear well, life. Well, what happened is they started four of seven from three. The Warriors, which actually was only Clay and Steph who hit the starting threes. Then the Warriors proceeded to go 0 of 13 from three from that point forward. Yeah, I think that's where you saw their reported exhaustion really kicking in. And it was kind of similar to the... Is it though? The Nuggets are holding the Warriors over these four games to 33% from three. And look, whether it's Oracle or Pepsi Center. That's true. And they, right, that big game in, in the Oracle where they held them to 81 or 83 points, can't remember. Yeah, the, the three point shooting was a mess for Golden State. For me, TJ. I don't know. I'm not willing to sit here and say Denver's figured it out. They so, haven't figured it out, but they do something, man. They, they do something, but I, these are the types of shots that Golden State usually hits. But you're right. The, this game finished with the Nuggets shooting 41.4% uh, from three. The Warriors only hit eight of their 31 three-point attempts, and in a lot of ways, that was the difference in this game. Yeah, Nuggets outscored the Warriors by 12 points from the three-point line, and then they outscored them by 11 points from the free-throw line. Yeah. That's the story of the, the game. The free-throw line is a big one, yeah. And that's where I want to go back to Jamal Murray, because he you could tell his shot wasn't there. Everything was short. Like, his leg was bothering him to the point where he couldn't get the same lift in his jump shot to get the power behind it to even make a three tonight. This was one of the first times I can remember where Jamal Murray was 0 of 2 from 
from three in, since like probably early, early this season. What was special is that he continually got to the free throw line. He ended up seven to seven from the free throw line. He hit five in the fourth quarter alone to help ice this game for the Nuggets. Yeah, this team ended up going 25 for 29 from the free throw line. Jamal Murray hasn't missed from, I'm going to butcher this date. Chris Marlowe told me this earlier tonight. Name drop. What's good? I think Murray. <laughs> had, <laughs> yeah, I'm backstage. You know, I think Murray um, hasn't missed a free throw since like the first or second week of January. So, yeah, the dude is clutch from the line. He's shooting um, like 93% from the line right now. Yeah, and it's it's really awesome. I mean, that's a real skill and a real tool or, or weapon for a team to have. I mean, those technicals, those the double tech, which we'll get to in the fourth quarter, it is a huge weapon to have a guy step up to the line and, and much the same way Golden State feels with Curry you feel like, okay, these shots are going And in. it adds another dimension to a closer for you, too, because if, even if his shot isn't falling, if he can get to the line, he can slow down the pace of the game, he can get buckets, and he can come back and climb back into games that they were down in, because right. not only are you helping yourself in terms of time management on the clock, but you're getting those easy points from a guy who almost never misses them. Right, so... Again, that's end-of-the-game stuff, which we'll get to. But yeah, I thought TJ Watt kept the Nuggets in the first half, despite being significantly outshot from the floor by Golden State, was, yeah, the production at the free-throw line and the turnovers. And Denver yeah. ultimately ended up with more turnovers than Golden State in this game, but in the first half, I believe the Nuggets generated at least 10 turnovers. It was 10 on the dot. Yeah, 10 on the dot. And they scored off those turnovers. So I thought that's what kept Denver in the game early, and... um yeah, and the Warriors center matchup. Obviously, Nikola Jokic is a big weapon on this team. The Warriors tried to trot out Zaza. Jokic played him right off the floor. The Warriors put Ooh, McGee in. I, I kind of disagree with that. Okay, I thought go ahead. Zaza took it at Nikola Jokic to start this game. Question for you, then why did he not play for most of the game? So Zaza, let me see what he finished with minutes wise, because I thought it was up there enough. Oh, he only had 19 minutes. Those 19 minutes, though, I thought he did outplay Jokic in a lot of ways. He, Jokic just couldn't do anything against him in the post. I was so surprised by it. And this is the thing. The Warriors will always play and finish small. So Draymond Green ended up ended up covering Nikola Jokic a lot tonight. And for some reason, Nikola Jokic is able just to take it at Draymond Green. This is this has been a consistent thing. I think it's just the savvy awareness of Nikola Jokic that can match up with the physicality of a Draymond Green. But I did feel like Zaza took it to Nikola Jokic, not in the first quarter, but especially the second no, quarter. No, you know what? I'm going to call myself out here. Looking back at the box score, this is one of those observations that in hindsight, I guess was incorrect. 19 minutes, 4 for 7 from the field, 8 rebounds, 10 points, plus 12 for Zaza. He played well, so I guess I guess then my follow-up would be, I'm confused why he only played 19 minutes. Because they like to go with Draymond. That I is literally so. what they do. So, And thank God they did tonight, TJ, because Draymond Green was awful. He was 4 for 12 from the field, 0 for 4 from 3, only 8 points. He did have 8 assists, but 3 turnovers as well. He finished a minus 11 on the game, which was the lowest plus minus for any starter in this game and it seemed like Denver's game plan was very much okay if we have to let someone on this team beat us let's make it Draymond Green and I think the Nuggets deserve so much credit for carrying out that defensive game plan in that way because even in the fourth quarter Trey Lyles was incredible at this tonight and he deserves so much credit for the defensive stand that the Nuggets made against Draymond Green so what he was doing is that the second that Draymond Green would drive into the lane instead of going up to meet him and allowing the 
physicality of Draymond Green to beat them, he'd step back and immediately concede the mid-range right. and almost force him to make a decision. Please shoot. Even when that happens, even if Draymond does still get into the post or make a good pass, it forces a hesitation to think. And that is what really allowed the Nuggets defense to collapse on shooters, yep. to close out with just insane aggression tonight. And so much of that had to do with Michael Malone's overall defensive scheme he put into effect, which was a Malone thing, and how great the Nuggets were able to use that scheme to actually hurt the Warriors. I guess you could easily go back to that Utah-Portland-Golden State stretch earlier where they held them all below 85 points, but to me, TJ, I thought this was, at least anecdotally, by far the best I've seen the Nuggets play in terms of contesting shots, flying all over the place defensively. There was a sense of urgency behind every possession from this team. I agree with that. I, I completely agree with that. So let's move on to the third quarter. Actually, real quick, I want to shout out Will Barton, who I think had 13 points in the first quarter. So Will Barton had 13 points in the fourth quarter, zero turnovers, two assists, one steal, was five of six from the field, one of two from three, and two of two from yeah, the free throw that's line. That's the first quarter, not fourth. But yeah, he was huge. Sorry, he, sorry, first quarter. And in that's, the fourth quarter, he had 10. Right, and so the Nuggets, who did finish with 29 points in the first quarter, it, a lot of the offense was coming from Barton, so a lot, credit due to him. And same with Nikola Jokic, who had four assists in that quarter as well. While he wasn't scoring, he was setting guys up on the offensive end very, very well. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's move to the third quarter, TJ, because, as I said earlier, these are two of the best, if not the two best, third quarter teams in basketball. And as we said earlier, last two times these, these teams played, Golden State dropped, like, I think it was a 42 spot on them. The third quarter tonight, it was 27 to 22 in Golden State's favor. But at one point, Golden State pushed that lead to 12 points, dude. And it really felt like this game was over. In fact, that was the direction I was taking that recap in. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden, the man of the hour, Nikola Jokic, Oof. at this point, just took over. He had nine points in that third quarter alone and did not have one assist. He was just looking to score. It did not matter. And I thought that was so important. And then Trey Lyles, I thought was great in that quarter. He didn't score on the same way that you you expect him to he ended up coming alive in that fourth quarter but two assists four rebounds just gutsy plays and I thought the three points he did score in that quarter were huge it, it was, was. A, a it was a contested three over Kevin Durant and it was like right when the game really felt like it, it was wasn't just a contested three like it was like pump fake get back into the corner let Kevin Durant set his set his feet oh, and yeah. then he pulled up in his grill and nailed that three from the corner. seven one tarantula of a human being with seven his hand in your grill very conservative that yeah, looks he like he's three. yeah looks like it so yeah huge three from Lyles um, yeah, that, that, to me, if you had to pick a quarter, it would actually be the third quarter because that's when Golden State usually pulls away. It looked like they were going to tonight, but man, the fight, the perseverance, the mental toughness from this Nuggets team, impressive stuff. All right, I, I, it's time. We need to get to this fourth quarter the because fourth this quarter. is where all chaos ensued. The Nuggets come into the fourth quarter, and I believe they were down eight, if I remember correctly. Mm. Long game. It all blurs together. I'm tired. Yeah. Um, so the Nuggets come in, and they're, they're, they're not playing great off the bat. They give up a bucket, and suddenly they just decide to turn it on. And Will Barton, who has taken a lot of crap for all of the for the two missed shots he had late in the games, he comes out and puts together 10 points on 3 of 7 shooting, 2 assists, 3 rebounds, and was just a maestro that offense. He had he was a plus 13 in the fourth quarter alone. He was a baller and his running mate Jamal Murray really stepped up in the fourth quarter. Jamal Murray was 6 of 6 from the free throw line in the fourth quarter. And this is a dude who we know was hurting and you take a knee to the thigh that gets worse over time. That gets stiff, that swells up. Obviously this dude got the right medical attention, but what really happened is 
he sacked up. Yeah, he, straight up. And yeah. I think what's even more important of this is when the Nuggets bench unit is, and this is something that Adamadas and I have really kind of been thinking about, when you have a bench unit that struggles to score like the Nuggets does, and they're not a great defensive uh, bench unit as well, how do you be able to survive those stretches where it's a close game and you need to close the gap? You draw fouls. You draw fouls. And that will not only elongate the time to allow guys to get more rest, not only does it allow you to get easy free points at the line, it opens up the entire offense for you, and it also puts the other team, this time the Golden State Warriors, obviously, in the bonus. Right. And that was huge because the Nuggets were 14-14 to from the free throw line in the fourth quarter alone. That means they outscored the Warriors by 11 just from the free throw line in that final quarter. And it's not just that they hit theirs. Golden State missed theirs, more specifically Curry and Durant, which was really, really surprising. So a nice development in the Nuggets season of late. When you look at their free throw shooting as a team, a lot of that is brought down by Plumlee and some other characters. The the guys like Barton, Murray, Harris, Jokic, they're hitting their free throws. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is a good free throw shooting team. It was the difference tonight, really quick to jump back to that third quarter when it was the lead seemed like it was slipping away from the Nuggets. It's not like they kept themselves in there with crisp half-court offense. No, they were just drawing fouls and hitting their shots. So, yeah, big part of the game tonight. So what was the most incredible play of this fourth quarter for you? When Gary Harris drove to dunk it and he missed, or as he says, he passed it, (laughs) a big, long rebound that fell right to Jokic. Oh, look what I found. And he drilled a three from the right corner, and that play felt a lot like the type of play that that happens to the Nuggets, like in the other direction, <laughs> where they get yes, scored where on. They're the unlucky team. It was really nice to see the ball bounce their way tonight. I totally agree with that. And I think what was really funny was after the game, it was Nikola Jokic when he was asked. So every player was asked if they thought that it should be an assist for Gary Harris when he missed the dunk, and everyone was like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, it's funny. We should definitely give him the assist." Nikola Jokic gets asked, and he originally says, "Yeah, it should be an assist," and then he gets pointed out to him that, "Well, shouldn't have that been a rebound for you to give you double double?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yes you're right I, it was an offensive rebound that was my offensive rebound and completely turns his tune i thought that was hysterical no it was huge man it was, it was a huge play it's a fun play it's one we'll remember if this season continues to go well for the nuggets but yeah let, let, let's run it back a little bit though before that play with just under about seven minutes remaining i think the warriors were up six after durant hit like another jumper he went absolutely off in the fourth quarter that was like mvp durant second first best player in the world he, he was feeling himself. Um, but Denver starters made a little push from that point forward, dude. Barton answered that jumper with a three-pointer. That cut it to a one-possession game. Durant scored again. Then Harris was fouled on the three. Hits all three of those free throws to tie the game. Um, Durant scores again. <laughs> Durant scores again. <laughs> very common lineage here. Yeah. And then um, Murray tied the game with a layup before Barton gave them the lead with that three-pointer. The two teams sort of exchanged leads until about the two-minute mark. That's when that, that missed dunk and that three happened. And... Uh, the Nuggets didn't look back from there, dude. When Steph Curry hit that three-pointer from like 30 feet with 18 seconds left, did you think the Nuggets were going to lose? Because oh. I had an immediate thought like, oh, shit. A little bit. I mean, this Warriors team could be down 25 with 10 seconds left, and I wouldn't be exactly. quite ready to write them off. Yeah. Um, but no, so I, I another huge play we should bring up, though, is with about 30 seconds left, the Warriors were down four. Again, a very winnable game for this Golden State team. Nick Young was in the game. And, and Kevon Looney for just reasons that I just don't understand. Because this game meant very little to the Warriors compared to the Nuggets, whom it meant a lot for. So Nick Young hoists up a prayer from deep. It goes unanswered. He airballs it. He thinks he was fouled. So does Kevin Durant. They get hit with a double tech. 
Murray sinks both the free throws. That's pretty much your ball game, dude. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, Draymond Green goes to the free throw line and misses the first, and this is my favorite part of the game, out of everything. Jamal Murray looks over at him and literally gives him the point and throws him out, basically, like, get out of here. This is this is not where you should be. And the crowd goes nuts, and Draymond misses the second free throw. Oh, it's well. awesome. Because while I love me some Draymond Green, I love him in the same way a WWE fan loves a heel, right? <laughs> this league needs him, but he is a bad guy, and I do root for him to lose. I and gotta it, say, too, he was going out of his way to screen into Jamal Murray's right leg, which oh, was yes. the one that was hurting. Yeah. So I love to see Murray talk some, can I say shit on this podcast? I already did, yeah, so it's too late Talk now. some shit. Bleep that out. Um, Because, A, I love it when that happens to Draymond, but B, yeah, I think it's Murray. I think it's Murray that's ultimately gonna emerge as the leader of this team. Super, super cool stuff. For whatever reason, and this has been talked about a bunch, this Nuggets team is delusional against the Warriors in a good way. They really think they can win, man, every single time. There was a lot of questions posed about if a playoff series were to come and if the Nuggets played the Warriors, what the situation would be. Yeah. So I'm just going to ask you, if the Nuggets were in a seven-game series, would they end up winning a seven-game series no, against the Warriors? Absolutely What not. percentage chance would you give them to win? To win the whole series, maybe the whole series, five uh, percent, and I'm feeling generous about that. I do think that low. I, I don't know if it's that low. I do think they can push them five or six games, though. I do think it would be one hell of a first round series, and basketball fans would be lucky to get that one. Um, you know what? Let's spin this off into a Twitter question here, dude. This comes to us from Matthew Bryan at Matt L Bryan. Possible first round playoff opponent preferences of Golden State, Houston, San Antonio, or Minnesota. Matt does not like the way the Nuggets match up with the Rockets. He's, he thinks he might prefer the Warriors. Of that group, obviously, I think it's Minnesota, TJ, would be my preferred matchup. What about you? I think Minnesota would be the preferred matchup. But at the same time, San Antonio, especially if Kawhi Leonard continues to not play, that's really the big wild card here. I think the Nuggets match up well with San Antonio. I do. And I think that's ridiculous because LaMarcus Aldridge just sc- this will scorch them to death. He's won 14 straight games against them now. But Houston is the team that I am most scared of in here because the Nuggets, I don't know why, the Nuggets are just really, really good at playing Golden State and they do match up well. They have the shooting to be able to keep up with them scoring-wise. They For some reason, Nikola Jokic just turns Draymond Green into a, a net like, yeah, he just, even. Yeah. And he's able to do that and if you get one of Gary Harris or Jamal Murray going that is enough to be able to win three games four games even potentially if things go all the way right yeah. in Nuggets favor Houston James Harden is unguardable by anybody on this team it does not matter if it's Gary Harris Will Barton Wilson Chandler Jamal well, I, I don't care I mean, James Harden's it's, unguardable you are, but no the Nuggets can match up with Steph Curry the Nuggets can match up with Clay Thompson to some degree like they are able to match up with them James Harden is an entirely different beast you add in the defensive capabilities of Chris Paul that terrifies me. You add in Clint Capella, who abuses Nikola Jokic every time they play. That's a team that I am more worried about than Golden State in terms of how the Nuggets in particular match up. The Warriors are a better team. Well, look, strangely, strangely, I'm, I agree with you. I would actually rather the Nuggets play Golden State than Houston. But I want to clarify a couple of things there. That has more to do with confidence and how the Nuggets play yes, this team. Yes, it's a very good point. I am not willing to, and listen, you, you take your take and ride off into the golden sunset, but I am not willing to sit <laughs> here and say that the Nuggets match up well with the Warriors. I think we played a, they've played a, wow, we, I think the Nuggets have played a couple of games <laughs> against the Warriors where the Warriors have missed shots they usually hit, and the Nuggets got a little lucky. I mean, they, they certainly earned this win, and they play this team tough, so I agree with you. 
it's a better matchup than Houston, but I think that has more to do with the mental game than the on-paper matchup. At some point, we have to throw it out the window, not to, not to the full extent, but this is a Nuggets team who is one of two teams who has beaten the Warriors at least once in each of the last three seasons. Only right. the Boston Celtics have done that. The Nuggets have now evened the series. They have held them to 81 points in one game and then beat them when they scored over 100 in another game. They beat them in Oracle and they have now beat them at Pepsi Center. They have beaten them full strength and they have beaten them banged up. It doesn't matter. Right. The Nuggets have found a way to win. It's probably too hot of a take, but it does seem like they're to, they're relatively in their heads. At least Draymond Green. I think Green. that's a good way to put yeah. it. Yeah, uh, or or maybe not in their heads, but Golden State looks at this Nuggets team and they probably think, "Wow, we got to play our best basketball tonight." So yeah, Minnesota. Obviously, I think the Nuggets have a chance of upsetting them there. I have this weird thing with the Spurs where I could care less about how anyone actually matches up with them. I'm not picking but, anybody. Yeah, it's just like until I watch them lose, I pick them to win. Yeah, it's like it, death taxes and Spurs and the Spurs. That yeah. is exactly I, how life goes. In I basketball. could like care less who's on their roster. It's like, oh, are the Spurs in the playoffs? Okay. Um, Derek Drago. What's next? What do we do? Oh, I think we're doing Twitter questions here. You want to just ride these out? Ride it out. Yeah. So Derek Drago at Derek underscore Drago. If I told you Jamal, Nicola, and Gary would all score under 20 and shoot sub 50 and we'd beat Golden State, would you believe it? Those numbers speak to how good Barton Lyles were tonight. Also, please talk about Craig's effort on the rebounds. Yes, Barton was exceptional tonight. Lyles was. I, I don't think anyone like has an anti Lyles take at this point. Except for the fact that Donovan Mitchell is a better player in a vacuum. Well, yeah, but that's mi- the only one. Miss me with that, buddy, because it's it's <laughs> not in a vacuum. So yeah, Lyles was awesome. Barton, great game for Barton, and what a treat for us to not have to defend him in our mentions all night long. I'm so probably, happy that we don't have to do that probably, because Will yeah. Barton is a dude that rides for his team. Another self, another shameless self plug. I wrote about how Will Barton has become a leader for this backcourt that has allowed Jamal Murray and Gary Harris to develop as players. You want to get a better take about how Will about what Will Barton does for this Nugget team go read that piece and read what people say about will barton on this team and how impactful he has been off the court and you'll get an idea of how he is the opposite of selfish it's but true yes, it, but god do we we really do cape for him too hard on this podcast but he had a great game tonight so five and four. he only had two turnovers added a steal to the mix nine of 17 from the field three of five from three got to the free throw line four times i'm I, there's nothing bad to take away from will barton no he was awesome uh tory craig Five rebounds, but a couple of those were huge rebounds and reflective of sort of maybe the difference in this game. And that was Denver's fighting spirit, Denver's energy. He got one offensive rebound. I can't remember at what point in the game it came, but he had one where he came out of nowhere and just ripped it away from two Warriors. And that's the type of play you like from Torrey Craig. You know, he can galvanize the team in a similar way to Malik Beasley with strong defense superb effort on the glass and I thought he did that well tonight I think he's a better defender than Malik Beasley is and I had this conversation again with Adam Mata, as if you can't tell I sit right next to him during these games and talk to him a lot but we kind of came to the conclusion that he is a polished defender in the in the terms that he has played a lot of defense in his life but he is not a fundamental defender yet he hasn't had high level coaching he played for University of South Carolina Upstate which is a tiny college he was at a 1A high school which is the smallest high school you can be in South Carolina and then played four years overseas with below average coaching and not just the coaching man the competition right yep. he goes from playing in, in, in that 
sort well, of just arena. Physical. It's just physical. It's not talented. Right. To guess what, buddy? You're guarding Paul George now on the final yeah, possession. Yeah, here's Russell which... Westbrook. Here's Drew Holiday. Yeah. So, yeah, Torrey Craig played really well tonight. His effort on the boards was huge. The Nuggets are a great rebounding team. That is something that can't Another be said enough. 48 rebounds for him tonight. Yes, and they, they uh, 16 to 11 advantage on the offensive rebounds for the Nuggets tonight. That's huge. The Nuggets ended up with five more shots than Golden State. That's obviously part of the blueprint to success. Well, it's exactly this that team. because the because they only had 11 offensive rebounds for the Warriors and the right. Nuggets had 16. That is five difference. Right? That is the difference so in that game. How right do you there. beat a better team that shoots better than you, you do? Get more possessions, offensive rebounds, baby, and turnovers. Um, What's the next question you got there? We have uh, lots of questions. Lots of questions. Magic Malone. Hashtag Magic Malone. Is that a Magic Mike reference? Let me know. I don't at, care, but as long as you're, you're keeping for my boy Malone, all right? <laughs> at Magic Jokic. My main question is, when will the league, I like this one, start to take notice of the NBA's best story right now? That's probably a stretch. We're one of the youngest teams in the NBA fighting for six to eight spot in the rugged West without Millsap. How much longer till people take notice of this team? I got one team? problem with this. Go for it. The Nuggets are only two games out of the five spot. The, the sixth spot is not the, the highest they're going to get. That they, There is a potential for the Nuggets to climb up into that five seed. Yeah, agreed. And I think, to answer your question here, Magic, it's happening. Don't I, call them Magic. I'm I think, from LA. This hurts. <laughs> Don't do that. I, this is, I think it's happening, man. I think we're, you know, we saw some of those stories from the national writers in the preseason, like do the the nuggets have the blueprint like the warriors did that i didn't like that article but they're getting a lot of attention and and yeah this this week was huge to see them they played some big nationally televised games they played up in those games the crowds were nice in those games and i think it's all sort of um adding up and it's going to culminate in some national attention now i think the biggest step would be getting some more local attention so keep on going to those games. Yeah, and I think it's important to say that they have been getting the national attention because my Twitter timeline has been different when it comes to this Nuggets team in the past week. Yeah. Like, you see the Nuggets. You see people talking about how good Jamal Murray can be. You see polls where they're comparing Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, and Jamal Murray. Like, this is becoming something different. This is becoming something where people are taking notice of how talented this Nuggets team really is, how young they are, and how much further they can really go. There's a whole lot of Jamal Murray's nice on the timeline these days. As it should be, As it because should be. guess what? Jamal, Jamal Murray, Murray is nice. He's nice. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Okay, two more questions. I'm actually going to skip over one. CT24, we'll get you maybe on a, a future pod. He has some deadline questions. We'll get back to that later. Sean English, friend of the pod. Sean English, 5280 is his handle. What team do you expect to see show up Monday night against Charlotte? This is a great question. This is a game they obviously should win after this four-game stretch. Is this a team that is now getting a taste of success and improving? Will they handle business as they should? What do you think, TJ? So for me, I said back on, I believe it. So yeah, February 2nd. Don't die in the chat, by the way. In February, on February 2nd, which was when they beat the Oklahoma City Thunder, I was like, this is going to be the December 15th date of this year. Ooh. And it felt that way and then of course they come out and they beat Golden State and I'm feeling good about myself all of a sudden in my proclamation Yeah, I do think this Nuggets team is going to show up against Charlotte at home and beat the living life out of them I agree with you but I just want to say that if this was on the road I would pick Charlotte I wouldn't really I genuinely feel like this Nuggets team just is going to start beating the hell out of some of these teams and show that there is something else going on with this team so agreed with you that if there was a turning point, it would probably be this. But also, if we've learned anything from this Nuggets team, like what would be more characteristic than 
than following this four-game stretch with a flat performance against Charlotte. But the characteristics are starting to change. The Nuggets' characteristic was that they were bad against Western Conference teams. They are now 18-17 and against Western Conference teams and above 500. Remember how bad they were in their division? They are now 6-6 and in their division. Oh, baby. They are 21-7 and at home right now. That is the second most wins, or sorry, third most, because San Antonio and Minnesota are tied at 22 for home wins so far this year. Not only that, they've had the toughest schedule in basketball, arguably, already as well. This is a team that could suddenly be like, whoa, they're trying to figure it out. They're getting rest. They're getting practice time and they're making some shit happen. And that is what it feels like to me right now. And the Hornets are trash, which is really and the key been part. they've falling off a cliff, but man. Look, Malone said it many, many times just about every time we show up to a practice or a shoot around. This team has to get its focus together. They have to take care of business in these games. We've, we've seen it now. Like Will Barton said tonight, they can play with anybody now. Like like Malone said earlier today, good teams don't beat themselves. And playoff teams, TJ, do not lose games like this one. So I think they will, and they sure need to take care of business against Charlotte. The Nuggets have burnt up their allotment of games. They should have won but lost. Agreed. They have already burnt it up, and they have gone past that. They, there's too many games they have lost with that variety now. And considering they have Houston they have Houston three days after Charlotte and then a back-to-back at Phoenix where they still have to travel at, after that point. The fact that the Nuggets are going to get some rest, they have one day off before Charlotte and then they get two days off after Charlotte before going to Houston, the Nuggets should absolutely be prepared for this next three-game stretch and they need to be able to get some good games out of it. And then they see San Antonio a day before Valentine's Day. It's a TNT game. And guess what? What? The Spurs are only 9 and 9 since January 1st. Mm. There are there are some openings in this Western Conference where the Nuggets can make some noise in a very tough stretch. And if they can do so and they can find a way to beat San Antonio one out of the two times they face them and beat Charlotte and beat Phoenix and beat Milwaukee, they could suddenly have a very good stretch in one of their toughest stretches of the, of the season before getting into a much easier stretch before their ridiculous um, road trip. They could, or they're three and a half games out of the 10 seed. They could blow a bunch of these games and slide right back out. The optics are going to change every day. Every day. So It's time to start scoreboard watching, man. It is. You know what else, dude? It is time for us to go to bed. Is it? I don't know. It's like 115. Well, we got to hit the hot tub first. Hey! Oh, I forgot. There it Shout is. Shout out Katie Wingy. Uh, <laughs> you can call her Winge. I know Winge. you really want to. Uh, I'm supposed to say dilly dilly too, but I'm not going to. Why'd so. you? I'm cutting that. Yeah, that's fine. I, I guess I can't cut no, it technically. I, I co-sign that cut. <laughs> but um. seriously, shout out to all of the different people who support this podcast. We absolutely, we really do appreciate you. We do. This is something that we love to do. So the more that you guys subscribe, comment, rate this podcast, the more that it really helps, the more you retweet the tweet when it goes out, all of those things. I am not as jaded as TJ yet, so my block number on Twitter is like way lower. So I will interact with you. Uh, I'm... <laughs> I'm really bored. Are you driving the bus you just threw me in front of? I am, buddy. I oh am. my god! I'm trying to like, I'm trying to spin this whole like the anti TJ thing. I'm trying to work that You're into my to be the my brand. Yeah, I'm all gonna right. pick up all your scraps. I will continue to block idiots on Twitter, <laughs> and I love you all who support and are good people. But if you're an idiot, I probably won't see your stuff ever again. All right, <laughs> all right, we should go home. Let's go. Thank home. you, everybody. Nuggets win again. Just a massive win. Nuggets are now five and two in their last seven games. They are going to be facing Charlotte. And two days but we will both be at that game and for now as we're signing off have a good night be good